West Beach Volleyball with not just Triborn. <laughs> we got the pod mama, Gabby Bourne, in the house. Wow. How are we, Gab? I'm so honored to be here, you guys. <laughs> it took four years. <laughs> <laughs> Almost five years. Uh, <laughs> normally, I'm just having to keep Naya quiet on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. You finally made the cut. Oh, my gosh. She's never I listened feel to one so episode, never heard us speak. <laughs> yeah, right. At the beginning, I used to listen to them all, and then... Well, we took over your kitchen once a week for a couple of years, and then now we take over a the full office. section of your house. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I love it. We made it. you late to auditions. I love it. <laughs> for it's five years, it was inconvenient. I know. I know, I used to listen to back to episodes, too, but then it was just like, all right, this is... Already takes up a lot of my life. Well, yeah. you hear them already once. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to hear myself that much. <laughs> when I, I go back through and, and transcribe them, so I get I get the double duty. Yeah, you get the double duty. But, which is nice, because, so, like, you'll miss stuff. Yeah. And I'll yeah. go back, especially if we get, like, three or four episodes ahead on the very rare occasion that we do that. Right. Yeah. And then I'll listen to one. I'm like, damn, that was there were some gems in there. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice. You're carrying us. <laughs> I just, it's just fun for me. I don't know, like... Because in journalism school, all I did, all I've done was print media since right. I was 16. <laughs> and so, like, delving into the other sides of it has been, it's been a blast for me. So I have fun doing it. Speaking I of the it. other sides of it, we got our YouTube going. We do have the YouTube going. I switched, uh, just for our listeners, I switched my, my YouTube channel, and we're putting all that content on the Sandcast. So now we got podcast stuff, we got a little quick set, we got all kinds of different content going on that yeah. thing so it's it's growing it's and the stuff that you're putting out because you got uh frito yeah who's pretty much just the beach volleyball camera guy now yeah there's a few guys out there um but frito's kind of the guy right yeah. now he was out at the norseka the other day uh, i don't know if he just does he just kind of go rogue and pick up stuff or I think is some he people always... if people want photos or some video for their ig he just shows up and okay we'll throw him he does good stuff. He's so good. He's killing it. That's the problem. He's getting too good. I know. He's getting a little too You catch someone early on and you're lucky to do it. And yeah. then you. And then he you gets gotta, too They got to grow. Like, Damn it. We're still getting volleyball salaries. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's doing a good job. And, and uh, this season, because like, I did the videos last year and people loved them. But that was only three events. Yeah. This year we're going to have like maybe seven AVPs that. I'm going to be able to go to. So it's going to be like a whole season of like behind the scenes build up. And it's not all about me. Ideally, it's like just about being behind the scenes and the day in the life. And so people can watch the event, see what's happening on the court and then go and watch that after and like see what happened behind the scenes to build up to that. Catch yeah. other players in their element. Yeah, exactly. I think people love seeing how players interact off the court. Yeah, exactly. Like, they love seeing, you know, yeah. you and Trevor giving the Latvians crap about showing up at, like, <laughs> 10.01 for a 10 o'clock practice yeah. or whatever. Like, these dudes just roll up, like, cigarette in hand. Yeah. I love it. And that <laughs> yeah, little exactly. moment Madison posted where you guys are heckling him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. That I was mean, so good. I just, he just set himself up. He, he showed up on the court while we are warming up for the match and I know he hates or like was uncomfortable doing it just because it wasn't for his YouTube and and I've done that stuff before and it's difficult and so I just had to step in behind him I was like I should be focusing on my match <laughs> right now stuff. but I know this is <laughs> this is gonna be worth it oh so good yeah between you guys and Madison and Riley there's so much volleyball content out there now there's so much for people to watch and see behind the scenes it's like so cool. It's a whole other world. That's the idea. Yeah. And then the volleyball world stream has been awesome. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's, like, been super high quality. I think it's a good thing that they're making people pay for it. For sure. Because I think it's worth the money. And I think that it we've is. just been giving stuff away for free for way exactly. too long. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I agree. It. I'm, I mean, I'm totally cool. into it. Um, also, Bally's is, has their own TV network. And I heard that they're going to want to be streaming, like, a ton of volleyball. Nice. I, I don't know how it's going to work exactly. Yeah. You're not going to be able to... Or it's not streaming, right? That I don't know. I don't really know don't how it's going to work. Yet. But I but I know they want to put a lot of volleyball out there for people to watch. So it's great. Yeah, because a lot of people have asked where they're going to be able to watch the AVPs this season. Yeah. And I don't... 
I don't know the answer. To I that. think it's on TV. It like, is, so it's got, on... like it's old school. You got to go okay. at the time of the match and find okay. it, or they'll do reruns. But like, I think they're going to have volleyball running um, quite often. Because I've seen events. it. Because they have a bunch of regional sports networks. Um, and I've seen, they've been running replays of AVP Seattle for whatever reason. Like, so I have YouTube TV, and so I'll be scrolling down, and I'll see, like, the finals of AVP Seattle of 2019 oh, running really? on one no of Valley's way. RSNs. <laughs> like, this is so Oh, that's random. cool. Yeah. Whoa, interesting. Okay. Is it April? It was, well, I feel like they was, always uh, choose to rerun April. Well, Seattle was Stockman and then Kelly Larson. Uh, they won AVP Seattle oh, that wow. year. Good for them. I forget where April was, but she was. I don't think she was there. Yeah, no one was there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was just Seattle was that event where usually not everyone was there. Yeah, and not not quite San Francisco, but not yes. <laughs> San Francisco was always everyone was absent. Yeah. I forget what combined with San Fran every year, but it was always like the lightest. Yeah. AVP. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was over Stad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I only went. Twice because I was sick. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> watch well, me lose no offense, fire one Madison year. and uh, <laughs> R- Ratledge won, and then another year Ed and uh, Rafu won. That's yeah, so Ed cool. and Rafu, and then Madison, Maddie and, and Loomis. Loomis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which good for them. It's kind of cool. That was so yeah. cool that it opened up to like that. It was mm-hmm. kind of cool that's to have like cool. a, one of those. Yeah, and that's I feel like that's what the tour series is going to be because. Mm. The tour series, I feel like, is going to be about as competitive as the AVP San Francisco's were. Right. Where you might miss the top dogs. Yeah. Who just, it's not worth the money and the travel. Yeah. But you're still going to get, because the points are really good. Do you think main draw, so like anyone not on FIVB is going to be playing in all these tour stops? Maybe not all of them, but I think a lot. Like a lot of them? Because I think, you know, if you look at the main draw teams, maybe seven down, the points are way too good in the tour series for them to skip. Well, what about money? Yeah, what about money? The money's I, not You great. know how much I hate us being forced to travel around yeah. work hard for points? Yeah. Like points aren't a thing. Right. The money, it's it's a 25 grand per gender, so it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but at not, least not the that travel. We're supposed to be playing for money. I know everybody. We're supposed to play for the fun of it. It's a lifestyle. No. <laughs> <laughs> I play enough for fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. And it'll be a big deal. Like, we're going to be, it's not like an AVP next where, like, we don't even really look at, like, who on that. I don't know. Who cares? Right. Like, it'll be like, oh, who's winning the tour series? Yeah. If someone wins three of them, two of them. Yeah, that's It's cool. like, all right, let's look out for that team. And yeah. Because they'll probably be in the main draw. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Because if you win, you do get a bid straight in. And if you win, you're going to get enough points where you're going to bump yourself in anyway. So, to, like, those would be really valuable for a team like me and Timmy. For example, who like yeah, were yeah. I don't know probably like eighteenth or nineteenth by points, so we're out of we're like pretty far out of main draw. Mm. So like to get a bid through a tour series, win and then to get the points to come with it, you're gonna have to pick and choose this year. I know a lot of events, or else you're gonna end up playing like Dude, thirty <laughs> events. You'd be so proud of me. You know what I did yesterday? I dropped <laughs> out of that? Brazil. <gasps> oh look wow. at you! <laughs> oh, road dog, road dog life is. Amazing! You got to experience it at yep. one point in your career, but it's then not you have sustainable. To start saying yeah. no. And because yeah. Tim, Tim was like, I don't know, but so we we decided that if we qualified through the Norseca yesterday, that we were definitely not going to go to Brazil. We were going to take two weeks to train and actually like get healthy again, right. and then concentrate on Mexico because the Norsecas, the points they doubled the points for those. Oh, and really? And Norsecas are way cheaper to I go to. I love Norsecas. And the, the food and hotel are paid for by the organizer, so it's cheaper on that end. And then if you're the top American team, better than fifth, you get a travel stipend from USA, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen in futures, and the points are pretty much just as good. So I was like, I'm not going to go to Brazil to play Nicola in the first round. Exactly. Yeah. When I can stay home, make all of the money I would have lost in Brazil. And, and go <laughs> to win a tournament. Not that you're not trying to win the challenger, but like... I mean, we weren't. Like, <laughs> right. we're just trying to call no, like, <laughs> winning <laughs> events feels good. Like, you know, yeah. making yeah, some money, sure. winning events. That's a different type of practice. Yeah. I just read this book uh, called The Art of the Impossible. And they were talking about oh. pretty much how you push yourself. Like, how do you get in flow states to continually get better? Right. He said, like, the sweet spot is to train at 4% above your skill level and to compete at 4% above your skill level. And I think 
like a Norseka where Sam and Dan are going to go. Mm-hmm. Mexico's top two teams will be there. Like Sam and Dan that's are very good competition. Like very good competition. Yeah. But like the risk is lower. I think that's more of the the sweet spot of being above our skill level yeah. than going to all the way to Brazil, spending like two to three grand yeah, for the week to play well. like Nikolai and Sam in the first Be round of slightly, the qualifier. Slightly above it, not yeah to the point where we're just getting crushed like all the time. And now we're just like burning money, yeah, basically, and killing our bodies and not training. Yep. It's like you know what. I did that last year. Yeah. We're not yeah, doing Trav. it again. <laughs> there you go. Woo. Said no, Trav. Love it. <laughs> Love that. I actually really like that. That's a good point. 4% above that your score That is a level. really good yeah. point. Yeah. And then you're hoping that the elitist, most elite level is that right. level. Right. It's like the goal is to push that there. Yeah. So I, I think about that a lot when me and Tim are deciding where we want to go. I was like, ah, we'll do Mexico over Brazil. <laughs> Great <laughs> call. Yeah. Um, well, we got a lot of fan questions today. We do. Um, so Let's sorry about them. Sorry to the fans uh, who don't get their questions answered, but there's probably like eighty. Yeah, it's it's a lot because we skipped March because I was gone a lot, you were gone a lot. Yeah, and then uh, and now it's that time of year, so we can't. It's very rare that we can get two of us in the same room, much less three. Sav yeah, is already exactly. in Panama City. Yeah, I was... leave tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, so our our so guest host mama. here, Pod Mom, is going to drop her favorite questions. questions. I'm going to pick which ones I love the most. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got so much power. Um, okay, <laughs> this one is uh, a good one. I love talking about weaknesses. Um, <laughs> this one is from Fran Cakes for Dinner. And the question is, what drill has been addressing a weakness in your game recently? I love Fran. Fran's an East Coast guy. Oh, really? It's great. I, I just love the name. I know. <laughs> it's a good Instagram That's name. Great. Frank Extra Dinner Solid. That is solid. Love that. <laughs> um, what drill specifically? Oof. Exploiting weaknesses? You've been doing a lot of defensive stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. For sure, defensive. So, like, uh, defensive stuff where I don't know, like, almost against, like, a live hitter. If there's, like, a live hitter on the box, it doesn't have to be on the box, but I like it. Where So you can't hit. You have to shoot. You have to either cut or hit a high line, and I'm defending. So it's simple, but you don't know which way it's going. For me, it's been really hard to, like, not cheat one direction or, like, okay, I see them dropping their elbows, so then I kind of try to read their shoulder or break, but then this person's, like, on a box, so they can easily just change their wrist direction. Yeah. So to not bite and, like, uh, I guess flinch and, like, guess or anything like that, to really, like, truly change your position. Don't just stay still and react, but, like, move your position a little bit maybe, get your feet set by the time they're contacting and then react. It's been it's really How do you hard. think uh, all the defensive work you did in the offseason translated? Like, you've only played, one, played yeah. one event, but how did you feel in Rosarito? Um, I, think I'm, I think I've improved a lot. Like, it's all paid off, um, but it's still, like, in, infinite times I could get better at it. There's yeah. so much to get better at. Like, I've been blocking my whole life and just, like, not that there's not more to learn, like there f- always is, but it's like I get, I get it, and when I fine tune it and it's really good, like I, I, I'm good at it. Um, but my brain doesn't work like that for defense, mm. so it's like infinite ways I can get better. And then, the more I learn, the harder it is too. Like, t- the easier it is to get overthink it. Yeah. Um, but when I just simplify. And look at back and film and something like, wow, I'm like already a lot better. So I'm hoping that translates into our game. Because me and Trevor, when I was in the back and Trevor was at the net, it was that was like our weakness. So I'm hoping if we bring the same game, plus a little better when I'm in the back. Yeah. Uh, and and we've been working on Trevor's blocking too. So. So I noticed. I mean, you you ran up a little bit. Yeah. I feel you like know. when you guys were either in a hole or needed points. At the end of the day. We know where the bread and butter is. <laughs> <laughs> Send me up. <laughs> yeah. And if Trevor ever says, like, you want to go? And I've never said no. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Feed me. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. <laughs> cool, good story. <laughs> Love that. Um, do you have a pre-serve routine? Either of you. I do. It's funny. I was just talking about this with Delaney uh, last night because she, when she's coaching some of her players at Pepperdine, they don't have a pre-serve routine, and a lot of them will just mindlessly hit a serve, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they won't be thinking about what kind of serve or where they're hitting it. They're just kind of like walking and hitting it. Yeah. And that's what I do when I float serve. Like half the time when I'm hitting a float, I'm just kind of walking up and I'm like, uh, and I don't even think about it. But when I jump serve, I have this like full routine that I actually got from Bruno. I watched him play and and he kind of like hits the ball to himself three times. Yeah. And so while I'm doing that, like I take a good like deep breath in and I just like pick a spot that I want to serve. And I just pretty much just like, look just stare at it just like get a good target in mind and visualize like how i want to hit it and so with the jump serve i'm super mindful but with the float it or is I that just really mindful out. because so, you're in a meditative state and not thinking of anything that's true <laughs> if you're playing against travis and he's not wearing glasses just watch where he's looking before <laughs> and that's where he's trying to serve it. <laughs> but i i don't know how people don't play with glasses yeah. It's nuts, especially, and I used to. Night matches. Yeah. But with uh, with blocking, I get so much sand in my eyes. Oh, yeah, mm. it does help. Yeah. And so I need to wear, mm. like, even at night matches, like, um, I haven't played a night match in a while, but I want to get, well, I guess we did in Mexico, but um, clear lenses. I need to get the clear lenses because mm. it's just such a pain. I'll yeah. be fishing sand out of my eyes for, like, days after. I know, that's the worst. When you're, like, sleeping and you're sand in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, coming out of your eyelashes. Um... Pre-serve routine, yes. I have a routine. I mean, I've been doing it for years. Um, uh, I mean, I'm just always working on little things here and there, but for the most part, it's toss. I'm just like, I st- I stand the same way. I put the ball in my hand the same way. I like to spin it on my finger yeah, sometimes. You find, I feel like you find, like, I you find put the middle finger on I it. I put my finger on the, um, the valve. Okay. And face the logo towards me or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I just try to toss it. I know where I want to serve it. And then I basically tell myself, let the, let the toss dictate where you do it. So okay. I know where it is. But then if my toss goes off, I noticed over the years that, like, okay, that toss isn't good for that serve anymore. So don't force it. You know, you throw it way over here and you're still trying wow. to yeah. serve back the other direction. It's like... Fuck it, I tossed it there. Go with, go with it. it. Yeah. And that like puts it right in your wheelhouse, and you end up bringing better. That is very yeah. present. It's a long process. Yes. Nygaard actually helped me with that in college. That's he reminded not me easy that. He said, to do. He said, um, he's like, throw up your toss, but then let the toss dictate yeah. where you serve it. And Mayer described serving in a way that I loved. Shocking from Mayer. Mayer's a guy. He had <laughs> a nasty he, float. Because it's... Um, it's the only what he called like a it's the only closed loop skill in the right. game. It's the only thing where you are in control of every single thing. Yeah. yeah like you're setting yourself, you're hitting it, you're hit, picking the target. Not that the toss consistent toss is easy. Right. Um and that and it's kind of like a free throw mm-hmm. in basketball right. yeah. where you're by yourself and if you have a a free throw routine just to get you in that space, it everything just it just works out better. Yeah. And so yeah. I've always I've always valued that. I don't know why I don't have No, I think of it but. the exact same way. Yeah. I think think of your serve as a free throw, and if you don't know basketball, or a golf shot, yeah, anything. golf shot's same thing. If it's something that you're fully in control of, then have a routine. Yeah, we're gonna pause here for a quick break to give a shout out to our sponsors. And Try and I are so stoked to partner up with Athletic Greens. Now, I traveled more than 82,000 miles last year playing beach volleyball, and Tri put us well over the 100,000-mile mark for the whole Sandcast family, and neither of us got sick a single time. All right, we were competing and traveling from February through November, and not one of us so much as sneezed. And obviously there are a lot of factors in that, but the biggest common denominator that we both swear by, that we start our day with every single day, is Athletic Greens. It is our one-stop shop vitamin supplement that we bring on the road everywhere, and it is so delicious. All right, a lot of the green supplements I've taken, it tastes like you've basically taken a fistful of dirt and earth, 
put it in a blender, mix it up, and then you just chugged it down. This is not the case with Athletic Greens. It is delicious and it is packed with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It is delicious and it works. All right, I swear, last year was the healthiest I have ever been. I give enormous credit to Athletic Greens for that. And my partner, Adam Roberts, he actually started getting sold on Athletic Greens, so much so that he actually started getting it for his parents. Uh, we cannot recommend it enough. It, it's a great price, honestly. It's less than three bucks a day, which if you are taking multiple supplements, you're gonna be paying more than three bucks a day anyway, so you might as well just get the one-stop shop for all your nutritional needs with Athletic Greens. That's actually how the company was founded. So the founder was spending over a hundred bucks a day in vitamin supplements and he decided to just found his own. And now we're on the, the 51st or 52nd iteration of Athletic Greens and it is so good and it is beloved by athletes and high performers everywhere. It, I, I actually was uh, led to Athletic Greens by the Tim Ferriss podcast. And then Joe Rogan also has it on his podcast. And between those two, you have 90% of the high performers in the world. And now they're here on Sandcast, keeping the boys healthy. Uh, so right now for you, it's, it's not just for athletes. It is for everyday people, okay? And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is gonna give you a free, and I'm gonna say it again, a free, one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free, again, free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sandcast, all right? That is athleticgreens.com slash sandcast to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we are fired up on this partnership. We only work with partners that we absolutely love, and Athletic Greens is one of them. Cannot recommend it enough. This podcast is also brought to you by, as always, our good friends at Wilson Volleyball. They make the absolute best balls in the game, hands down, no question. And guess what? We're going to be using a lot of Wilson Volleyballs this year because if you have not seen the AVP schedule, it is packed. Whether it's AVP America or just the AVP, which has the most events since 2008, 2009, I believe, we got 16 AVPs, 16. And then we have another probably dozen or so AVP next, and AVP America is just full, and we are just gonna be playing with Wilson Volleyballs from now until November, guys. So get some Wilson Volleyballs, as you can get 20% off using our discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, that is SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off all Wilson products. So if you need a bag, if you need a cart, if you need balls, I recommend the balls and the bags. They make great bags too. Go to wilsonvolleyball.com and use our discount code SANDCAST-20. And let's see you guys on the beach. With season coming up, Try and I have started releasing a weekly newsletter, the Beach Volleyball Digest, which is just curating all of the top beach volleyball news from around the world. We got Volleyball World, the McKibbins are doing stuff, Volleyball Magazine's putting out stuff. I just started writing for AVP America. Kim Smith over at AVP is putting out a lot of content, and we are basically just taking all of that and putting it into one big email newsletter. So if you ever miss any news, we got you covered. So if you want to get on that newsletter, head over to sandcastvolleyball.com, and on the sidebar, there's an easy sign-up form. We would love to have you join the newsletter. It's not just Sandcast news. It is literally all the beach news, snow volleyball, grass volleyball, whatever's happening in the world of volleyball, we got you covered. So head over to sandcastvolleyball.com to get your beach news today. Okay. Um, a lot of people want to know tips for staying mentally good during injury rehab. Mental tips. Reframing. That's a tough one. Like figure out what, how you can come out of it better. You're, there's always ways you can be better, but you're like, I'm playing right now. I got so much on my plate. I can't get good at those things um, or like my knees always hurting this way or my shoulders always hurting well you hurt your knee now's the time to get your shoulder better now's the time to watch film 
So figure out all the stuff that you aren't able to do because you have to put time towards your sport and get really good at those things. So then when your sport comes back, now you have the extra weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never really been hurt. Oh, my you. gosh, yeah. Travis, not yeah, this is, We're not going to all of it. I've had just the <laughs> na- standard nagging injuries, like yeah. jumper's knee and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I um, like partially tore my rotator cuff one mm-hmm. year, but then I just played right-handed for six months. So, <laughs> so that's right. There you go. But there's so many, like you said, there's so many resources out there to, that you can use to get better, Yeah. especially watching. I think watching as much film as I have has been one of the biggest ways I've expedited the learning process. Is there a specific way you watch film or can you just watch, like the way my brain works, I can watch film for an hour and I don't think I'll get better. I have to like intentionally watch, or maybe I'm subconsciously getting better. Well, I'll watch um, like very specific players and things about their game that I love. Mm. So this Brazilian kid, Renato Lima, Mm -hmm. he, the way that he contacts the ball i mean he hits it out here yeah so far in front of him he probably brings gas and right? yeah and See, just everyone that hits contacts out in front mm-hmm. can gets a nasty pop on the ball yeah without really like throwing their shoulder out like people do yeah and so when i'm watching him i'm like watching how is he timing his approach to make this contact out because one of the my biggest issues is when i get under the ball and i'm here yeah. now you can't see anything you can't bring gas because you're, you're that far behind it, yeah. so i like i'll watch his approach or when I was a huge fan of Piotr Cantor when he was playing. So I watched like his block load and how he used he to done? put his arm. He's retired? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I think so. He might play, like the Polish The he Polish Federation does a cool it. thing where they take their older players and they become like pseudo Mentors. coach players. Yeah. That's what they're doing with um, Prudel. That's pretty cool. Prudel is playing with this young kid named Mateusz Florsic. Yeah. And I think Cantor will probably do something similar. And they pay him to stick around. I think we should do that. I, I told Sean Scott, I was like, dude, what's our biggest value we have? It's like we have some of the best minds in the sport ever. Mm-hmm. Why not pay Jake Gibb to come in and freaking tell me all his blocking secrets? Yeah. Or John Hyden. These guys, they're not going to do it for free, but if they feel like they're contributing back to the program, you pay them a little bit. Yeah. Sure, we have some money going. Or, you know, grab a lot less productive than that. Grab an up and comer. You know, think of a good defensive player. Use Jake's points to get him into a challenger. Right. Yeah. Or something. I don't get think that, it's taking yeah, a lot for exactly. Jake to do it, but, but yeah. like, you know, I mean, Prudell was playing last year. Yeah, that's true. You know, I think the Brazier is going to play. Too, yeah, I think right. Yeah. And so, so but getting back to it, like I'd watch Cantor just for his blocking, the yeah, way yeah. he set up and made his yeah. moves blocking. So I'll watch specific players for very specific things that they're doing. Yeah. And it's funny because now that I'm commentating for a volleyball world, and so I'll be watching these matches, and I'll just be like so in awe of this specific skill that four points will go by, and I'm just talking about this one yeah. thing. I'm like, I had to get out of like the player mindset. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> watching. I remember doing that. Totally. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, a lot of people want to know what happened to a few specific players and where they're at these days. Okay. We have Stafford Slick. We have a question about Casey Patterson and Reed Pretty. Okay. Where, where have these people gone? Are they still playing? Are they retired? Well, I can tell where Stafford's not. That's in his apartment because I moved in there. Travis <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, is moving in. So I'm very happy that Stafford gave me his apartment because it's amazing. And the rent price stayed I frozen. I love that. You have he's, a great, he, he got a, he he has a great deal. Yeah. So he left the so, South Bay, yeah, moved so he's down, down to San, San Diego, Diego, doing the working life. He still plays every now and then on the weekends down there. I wouldn't be surprised to see him like a couple AVPs just come mm-hmm. out and have some fun. I mean, he's still really good. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's got three kids, so I think it was time to kind of take a more financial role. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, I did text him at one point and he said he was thinking about it. So we'll see. Uh, Reed Pretty has his InSand thing. Like he started a full-on business where it's mm-hmm. like, uh, it's called like InSand and it's like workouts around Huntington Beach area. It's at Newland. Sand, sand workouts. <laughs> so I think he's probably just focusing on that. And then I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out too. He's got points, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess they <laughs> they took the points back. He's got his Manhattan Beach Open win back on the points, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if he'd come back to play. I think he's pretty 
fired up on the business side of things. He's Maybe taking he would. He's taking his win and running. Yeah, I mean, and that's a way to go out, man. His, his sub, <laughs> yeah. his sub in and win the friggin' Manhattan. Yeah, but I think his business is going pretty well. Every time I've gone down to Newland, there's like probably thirty or forty people out there yeah. doing it. So that's going well. It's just kind of moved on. Who's the third one? Casey um, Patterson. Oh, Casey's yeah. still around. He's having another kid. Oh it's my amazing. God. Number He's five. He's having a fifth baby. <laughs> Boy, I just insane. did the gender reveal. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. So he's... Um, but he's playing. But he's, playing but he's not with, playing uh, internationally? So when I was talking to Ed. him... Yeah. So he was originally going to play the first four with Phil. Um, and then really? Phil was going to play the gold series. Because Phil's points aren't great. So Phil and Casey were going to play together, get mm-hmm. Phil's points back up. And then Phil was going to bring Sutton in for the gold series. Mm. Uh-huh. And then, but Phil and Sutton signed up because I think I think they were anticipating teams skipping to play Doha. Oh, and no one is skipping. Right. And so, so Phil and Sutton were the first spot out. Oh. <laughs> so, wow. so Casey's with Ed. Wouldn't Rutledge. that be more reason for Phil and Casey to play together? Or it was too if, late. Well, now it's too late. Oh, okay, got you. Yeah, unless like someone pulls like kind of I'm a not fake injury sub. Yeah, <laughs> I want Phil, Phil to come back and win. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, so Casey's playing with uh, Ed Ratledge, at it. least in Austin. So uh, AVPs, not yeah, not in Ratledge is always anymore. dangerous. I mean, yeah. AVPs are they're gonna be pretty deep. Yeah. Okay, some people want to know um, if they had to pick one AVP tournament to go to, which should they choose? I mean, you gotta There's go to so Manhattan. Oh no, outside of California. Yeah. Because Manhattan's the yeah Manhattan's that's the grand probably, 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 probably the best experience if you're like a volleyball fan yeah well there's you get a to new see one. the pier you get to see shellbacks yeah. <laughs> but the big one this year is Arizona right isn't that a new one yeah we don't know what that's gonna oh, be that's like supposed yeah. to be like it's the, a new venue the biggest Chicago oh no yeah Chicago is a good experience for sure like it's the city's cool there's nightlife good food. The beach is cool. Like you're, you feel like it's a summer on a beach, mm. and the fans are great. The Chicago would be my pick. I'm trying to think of all the new stops that they added. I'm yeah. excited to see Denver. I've never been. Oh, Denver. That's and, I, a, and I know that Fort Lauderdale that's is always a, throwing a great lower level one, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Fort Lauderdale is a great beach. Ooh, that was um, a good And they one. have I good fan base once. in Florida. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of Fort Lauderdale events over the years, so I think people will show up to that one. That might be a good. One. Yeah, Atlantic City to me is fun because it's it's just it's just unique, but it's pretty fun. It is, and the cool thing about Atlantic City is that at least I don't know which one they're combining with a, a massive juniors event, but one of the either the tour series or the pro series is combined with junior nationals, huh. and there are hundreds of courts with kids on every court, and then like the kids like. We'll all just like crowd around yeah. the pros courts and watch. It's pretty cool, yeah. and it's like it's a really cool experience for the kids to like be there and watch like what the next level looks totally. like and, and to play on the courts that like Try and Trevor are playing on, right, or right, April right. and Emily and, yeah. and whoever. It's it's actually like it just courts as far as the eye can see. That's cool. And Atlantic City itself like not a great city, yeah. but it is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you fun. can totally. go to a casino too if you're an yeah. adult. Uh, <laughs> stay at a casino, hang out. Yeah, it can be a good time. Yeah, we went to that back in the day. My yeah. like two worst finishes ever are at Atlanta City, <laughs> really? so I'm trying to break. But those are curse. always the best tournaments because then we get to hang out. Yeah, that's yeah. why. That's why <laughs> it was so kidding. fun because we were out early and we partied. Uh, that's why Australia was so great. We were knocked out early, and I was like, "Hey, Rob, let's get some boards. Yeah, oh, let's go surfing." So me and Rob went the next like two days. That's always the weirdest part about traveling with you guys. And that's another question here: What does your family do when you travel for tournaments? Um, the weirdest, well, sometimes we go and the weirdest part is like you go and you don't know whether you're going to be watching volleyball the entire time or whether you're going to be like, like the year I went to Berlin when you were super new on the FIVB and I went and I was like staying in a room with you and John Hyden, (laughs) like sleeping (laughs) on a mattress on the floor under the desk. We like pushed it under the desk because there wasn't that much room. We get priority when, uh, (laughs) when the tournament's on the line. And you guys were in the qualifier of that event. And yeah. so you, you guys hadn't been, like, winning a ton of tournaments or anything. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And maybe we'll have some time. We'll explore Berlin. Yeah. We'll go. And then you ended up 
winning the whole tournament. Yeah, we won and the quality and we, we won the whole tournament. <laughs> we, I, like, went... Then the next day, you had to leave to go to the next tournament, and yeah. I was by myself. I went and explored. Oh, yeah. And then flew back the next day. I went to Milwaukee. Because you had to fly out early or something. <laughs> From Berlin to Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I won that, too. <laughs> Damn. It's a good run. Oh, yeah, oh no, no, no. Sorry, good... I went to Norway and then... No, Milwaukee. yeah, you were going yeah. to Europe. Norway. Somewhere else in Europe. Yeah. But yeah, that's always weird. And then, so she's and then like Stad, like, I want to go <laughs> sightsee. No. I hope he loses. And then like Stad, when we went, um, oh yeah, like Ham. I went to Hamburg and then Stad mm-hmm. a couple years ago, one right after another. And Hamburg was you played pretty much till the end. You guys got yeah, a fourth. Yeah, we were in the medal rounds. And so that was, but that was such a cool event. So it was so fun to watch and. And there wasn't much to do anyway there, but then we went straight to Stad, and you were out like in the first round yeah. or second. Pool play. Yeah, pool play. And then we got we had the coolest trip after that. We went. Yeah. We I was we like biked, super uh, pregnant. We biked. We took a <laughs> gondola to the top of the mountain and then biked down. And then we went and stayed in oh, um, yeah, Geneva. Right. We just bailed. We and went decided to, Geneva. to leave. And no, go we to Geneva. took a boat out on the lake. Had a little baby moon. At the spa. Oh heck! It yeah. was like the best loss ever. I know you gotta really like take those things out of your head when you're playing. It's like, yeah. Wow, there's some really cool stuff around it's here. It's hard. Like the first day after a loss, it's like, yeah. Am I allowed to have fun? That's right. another I feel question. Bad having fun. Yeah. Right now. I should be suffering. moving on to that <laughs> question. What do you do after a loss? <laughs> And, like, an important game. And how do you not make yourself feel super down? Um, I usually, well, in Australia, I immediately shared a bottle of wine with Zana. Mm-hmm. And then I got a surfboard and was in the water for hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's the uh, avoidance That's approach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I mean, if I had to, like, recommend a way to get over it is... Um, Hug your baby. S- oh, like, yeah, like... <laughs> I don't like getting over it because I feel like right when I lose is the most valuable time to like really like let it sink sink in and stuff. So like when people like Gabby comes up to me all like, it's fine, who cares? I'm like, no, I want to be mad right now. Yeah. Because I actually do feel like I'm, wait, like I need to, I need to let it sink in. I need to like learn from it basically. Mm -hmm. Um. It's been a learning curve, learning how to handle how to you after yeah, a yeah. loss. I feel like it's it's almost harder for me than it is for you after <laughs> I, I mean, Maybe. It, it is tricky, though. It's been, I've been dealing with this for, like, 12 years yeah. now, and I, it took a while to figure it out. Hmm. You used to just go off on your own, and I maybe I couldn't find you for, like, 30 minutes after the game or something, yeah. and I'd be worried. And then... <laughs> and you really wanted me, like, you... You're very compassionate, so you yeah, you we, don't want me to feel down. Well, we like, handle things mad, very you know? differently. Yeah, I just want to like, like hug you for a while and try just once yeah. to like be have and a moment and not talk about it at all. Like, don't utter a word about yeah. it. But I think I've like come in between. I was like, yes, you definitely have. There, I'm like, you handle this so like much want to, differently. I still now think there's to. value in not just just. Grab beers right now, and I'm going to go surf, and I'm going to bail and just move on. Like, there's value. Like, sit with it, then calm down, write some notes. Okay, now I know when I go to my next practice, I can just look at that note real quick. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, right away, when I start training again, I'm working on, you know, learning from whatever the mistake was. I, I think it's a waste if you just, like, disappear right away but it could only take like 30 minutes and yeah 40 minutes for me i need to like give it um i need to wait until i'm like not so hot <clears throat> after loss or i can't look at it like objectively right, right, right. like i'll look at the film the next day where i have a, a much clearer head That's and i can point. actually look at it with an objective viewpoint instead of just like fuming yeah and like wanting to throw my phone yeah that's um, a really good point because sometimes i'm definitely in in that fuming state, usually, actually. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, so I don't try to, like, just get over it right away, you know? Like, walk off the court smiling. Like, no, I'm not, yeah, I I'm can't, not really okay with can't that. can't do that. No. Mm-mm. The but first then, thing I need to do is get in into some kind of body of water, whether it's an ocean, a lake, that's, river, whatever's that's close. the best that's thing exactly about your water. job is usually there's <laughs> one of those pretty close by. Yeah. Yeah, less than you... 
The yeah. normal person would think. But yeah. Usually. Anyway. Um, do you think the jumbo is underutilized? Uh, maybe. I look at defense in beach volleyball as just, it's almost like poker. It's just a percentage game. And the lowest percentage shot to score on is a jumbo. And so if, if teams are having to resort to hit jumbos against us to score, I know that we're doing our job well because it's just such an unsustainable way to score. Yeah. Mm. Where I almost get excited when they're hitting jumbos. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right, well, you're just, you're going to give away. next time. Yeah, you're going to give away way more than, than you score on that. Yeah, because the, the defender's base 80% of the time is in the pocket, right in the angle. So if you don't hit that thing perfect... Or they just don't bite forward or leaning forward, and they just stand up and poke it. Which on the world tour, Everyone's defenders so are six six. Yeah. So that window for you to hit, like Jose had me hitting jumbos the other day, and he's standing like deeper and deeper, and deeper. I'm like, dude, you're six five. Like, I can't. I mean, I could hit a jumbo over you, but it have to go so high. Yeah. That it's worthless. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a low percentage shot, but I, in certain scenarios, I think the percentages go way up. A lot of times a tighter set defender will creep up because they think you're going to go sharp. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be like a, a loopy jumbo, like a traditional one, just like a slap to the corner Yeah, over the defender. Yeah. The one that I've seen that works probably the most is when a team runs a shoot set and they've established that they can hit the hard angle. Yeah. And the defender will start to cheat into that hard angle. And then not like it doesn't have to be super loopy, but just like a nice, like high, almost snappy jumbo, yeah. like deep angle. Yeah. That's super effective. Mm-hmm. Haydn is the king of that. Yes. Running that little fast set out and then he pops poke. It. Yeah. 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 Haydn's probably the best setter that I've seen. And when I first partnered with him, it was like a freaking machine. <laughs> like it significantly went down as his vert went down. Yeah. Um, I would go out on the sand and he would hit like eight out of ten in every box. Hmm. Like eight cuts, eight jumbos, eight high lines. The box is two feet by two feet in the corner. He'd hit eight like automatic every time. Wow. Which is really hard to do. It is. Like you have to be in that rhythm of like, I mean, yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, we used to do, when I lived in Huntington, I would go out and I was just kind of a practice dummy for Trambley a lot because he would just need someone to set him. Mm-hmm. And we called it the hide and drill where yeah. Gary Schreiber would just set up a box in the line, box in the angle, mm-hmm. box in the cut. And if you hit it uh, out of bounds, it was minus one. If you hit it in the court but oh, yeah. not in the box, it was just a wash. Yeah. If you hit it in the box, it was one, and you had to get, you had to score ten you in each up, box. You end up hitting like 40 balls. Yeah, it's crazy how <laughs> many balls we'd hit. Because mm-hmm. when you hit an error, you're just like, oh my God. Dude, Hayden would like, <laughs> like probably wouldn't go above 15 reps back when I first started playing. That's crazy. Maybe now too, I don't know. But yeah, he was like a machine. He's the king of repetition. Yeah. <laughs> and efficiency. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hit 20 balls. I'm going to hit 15 and get 10. Yep. Love it. Um, okay, Sarah Ann Batch wants to know, why do some teams break up that have tons of points together just to get a partner that has almost none? Uh, well, there's a lot of different reasons, like potential, right? You're like trying to build up to something in the future, have the right partnership. If you don't get along with that partner, think about traveling the world with that person. They're not, you don't feel like they're making you better. You're frustrated every day. It's like being in a bad relationship. Um, and that's, you know, it's worth jumping back in points to... Because if you get in the right... In with the right team, your points are going to end up way higher anyway. Yeah. And if you look at, I mean, Theo, for example, took Kame. Yeah. Kame had zero points. Kame's obviously one of the best defenders right. in the U.S. And so he took a chance in that investment. It took a year to pay off, but now they're the number two team right. mm-hmm. in the U.S. and yeah. they worked their way up the stipend, and now they're getting into any event they want. Yeah. And so it's it's just an investment. They just look at it as this partnership long term has more potential yeah. than this one does. Maybe short term is higher, but long term, like you look at April, worked out pretty well. She picked up Alex Kleinman, who had zero right. points and yeah. pretty much zero beach experience, and she said this is going to be a really tough short term. Yeah. But Alex is who I want to win gold with in Tokyo. Yeah. The only one I think I can win gold with in right. Tokyo. And yeah. look how that worked out. 
Seriously. You look at Taylor Crab, similar thing. Yeah, exactly. Where, and I think that investment's already starting to pay off where they're going to go to world champs. Um, oh, are if, they in? If they perform in the Dominican. Where do they have to get there? I think they have to get, like, top four. Mm. And the way that they split up, like, we're not on the same side. I think Canada and Mexico are one side, and we're in another side. And so it's pretty much a guarantee, unless something goes, like, catastrophically yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get into world champs. Like, they beat... Which is big points. Huge points. And they looked fantastic against... Simone and Bruno. Yeah. That was a phenomenal match. Yeah. And they lost against a really good team. Yeah. And so I, I think that that's going to be a good investment in the oh, long term. for sure. But in the short term, like, there's obviously a lot of questions. And Taylor Crabb, I don't think he really cares. He's like, this is my guy. Yeah, exactly. And I believe in him. Mm-hmm. And it, Taylor Sander is freaking legit. The best thing you can have <laughs> in this sport is having a teammate that you're, like, stoked on having. Mm-hmm. That you know is going to bring... That you want to be around a lot. You want to be around, but also that it's going to make you better and get you to where you're trying to go. Yeah. If you're not in it, it's worth dropping back. Yeah. Hey, guys. How's it going? Wanted to take a quick second here to let you know about an awesome product that we discovered this offseason. It is called Eversun Lighting. Eversun Lighting is an extremely portable and versatile lighting system built for outdoor after dark activities such as beach volleyball. We used it in the McKibben format this year, had an amazing night match, which you probably saw on YouTube. The company is expanding quickly. They're on their third production model and that unit is called the Apollo. That's the one you're gonna wanna get your hands on. It is made up of two LED lights, 100% lithium ion battery powered, 18,000 total lumens. And if you're gonna carry it around, it's about the size of a snowboard case. Weighs 35 pounds. Lighthead detaches from the telescopic mast, which goes from 5 feet all the way up to 20 feet high. That mast is ultra light and ultra strong, made of carbon fiber. If you get two of these lights, they can light up a beach court easily. You get four of them, it's going to be like a professional match. You also can swap out the batteries. Each battery will last about five hours. So these are extremely versatile. The Apollo units are currently being sold on pre-order because of there was so much success in the McKibben Foreman. Special pricing for pre-order and the early bird special goes through April 30th. You're going to want to go to eversunlighting.com and use discount code SANDCAST for your 10% off these lights. You will not regret it. Again, use discount code SANDCAST and you can have some of the best night matches of your life. Okay, a few part question. Um, what's your pregame warm up look like? What's a normal practice look like? And how many times do you lift in season? Um, all varying things <laughs> because we're in different countries with different amenities. And for example, pregame in Mexico, I, there was a weight room in the hotel right there that no one was in. So for me, that was great. Like perfect for me to just do my warm-up, get my feet moving quick, be, get in my zone. I did it in a weight room. Other places, I'm like under the bleachers, you know. Um, <laughs> maybe it's freezing cold or raining or whatever. So you have to adjust, but generally you just have your routine. Like, how do you want your body to be moving? I'm a blocker, so I'm going to do some blocking movements. I'm going to make sure I'm getting deep. Um, the way I'm going to be blocking in the game, make sure my hands are moving. Um, core's always got to be engaged, feet are moving quick. Um, you just got to plan it out beforehand. If you're just winging it every time, it's it's usually not going to work out in your favor. Um, what was the other part? Uh, what does a normal practice look like? That's obviously always varying because we might be coming back from a tournament in jet lag. We might have played the day before, but like let's just say off-season. Yeah. Um, generally we pick and choose like we're going to focus more on defense today um, and transition or something or we're going to focus on serving and siding out or you know one or two things or we just we're forgetting about all that stuff and we're competing today and then the coaches will make up drills to make it uh, throw in little um, you know thing ways to make it challenging uh, but we're also lucky that we have coaches and like all that. Yeah. When you have to make your own drills, I hated that. I'm not that good at that stuff because I like being very specific and like working on 
stuff that I want to work on. Um, you might be better to answer that one. I don't the, know. Well, I mean, I think... When, now, well, now you're a coach guy. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you always have coaches well, now, too. Well, what a, uh, what a practice looks like, I think, just to sum it up, is what, whatever went wrong mm. is usually what you're going to work mm. on. Plus the fundamentals. Yeah. Because you just need to drill the fundamentals yeah. at all times. So basically. the first, like, 30, 45 minutes is, like, a lot of touches, like, fundamental stuff, and then it's just hammering into whatever has been going Weaknesses, wrong. Weaknesses, yeah. And so we, like... And Jose will exaggerate it, too. Oh, my god! When we go out, and Jose, we lost in a CBVA. It was like a little tune-up tournament, basically to identify what a potential problem would be. And Jose asked what the problem was, and we said, you know, we were, like, trying to hit too low, like getting sneaky and trying to hit under the block. So Jose brought out the boogie board, and this thing was, like, 14 feet mm-hmm. in the air. Dude, he and thinks <laughs> that he's blocking. He told me to hit high seam the other day and put the target and hit it there. And he puts the... the board like three feet over the net. I'm like, I have to hit a sh- full-on rainbow shot to get over that. Yeah. Like, no, hit it. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Jose will just like exaggerate it so much. And it, I mean, it, it does work because it, it gets you really frustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a match, you're going to be really frustrated when stuff's going wrong. Um, so basically, like our practices will look like, like if, if we're getting blocked a lot, Jose will break out the boogie board and say, all right, you can't get blocked. And if you get blocked, it's two for me. And if you side out, it's one for you. And so we're always, like, kind of behind the eight ball there. Boogie board, the coach is on the ground with the boogie board in his hands. Yeah. As his, so he doesn't have to jump. Yeah. Which makes Jose feel great, oh, by yeah. the way. He loves that boogie board. Because he can't jump. <laughs> but he used to jump higher than anyone. So <laughs> he <laughs> swats you and just talks shit to you. But for, uh, for pre-match routine... Um, I've gone the Nick Lucena route uh, where I get, like, a good, like, 40 to 45-minute lift in. Yeah. All, like, lightweight, explosive stuff. But then, because on the World Tour, the pace of play is so slow. Mm-hmm. Like, you play two matches a day tops. Oh, yeah, yeah. But and not, yeah, other than pace of play in during no, no, the like, match. during the match, it's, <laughs> they it's get fast. you going. Yeah. But you only play two matches a day, so you're never, like, I'm not going to be tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's, like, a good full warm-up and I've been working with this trainer Nathan Michaels who's awesome like mm-hmm. he's watching us on the stream in Mexico and I was like dude like you're moving great like we can do this and nice. that and he had he so he sends me like a full game day warm-up like specific to what I've been doing nice. for every tournament um and so it's just like explosive front squats like RDL it's just like you're not gonna be gassed it's just like kind of gets you primed it, yeah. to go and mm-hmm. I've been loving that yeah I, everyone's got different and then you have like the crabs where it's more like minimal warm-up, you know, make sure the body's working good, but, like, I don't want to waste energy or, yeah. you know. Chai <laughs> feels a certain way about his partner. <laughs> Sander, too. They all walk out today. I mean, I get it, too. There's there's validity in that. Like, I have I used to warm up maybe too much, you could argue. I don't think, I don't think really, but... I've I've dialed it. <laughs> I've dialed it back for sure and, and I'm just like, wow, that's a lot. Well that's a lot less work if I don't do that much. Yeah. Right. Um but you also don't wanna do less to the point where you could have been better. Yeah. You know, or you have a slow start, which is our problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the Tim Brewster. Hour and a half. You yeah. got thirty five different colored bands out there. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Funny. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see, maybe one or two more. Sure. Um, favorite leg workouts? I just love, love my trap bar. It's my baby. Trap bar, yeah. Trap bar. Could do that all day. Um, favorite leg workout? I don't really like it. (laughs) Leg workouts? (laughs) I mean, I work out like crazy. I don't like working out. It's not like, oh, what? yes, I really want to do this. No, it's but... It's going to burn so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> really? Um, favorite You're leg too workout. too scarred. Yeah, I'm in pain Tries all the time. Tries in too much pain all the time. <laughs> oh, when I'm on rep 100 and my le- legs are just burning, oh, that's the best. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all, Mikkel. Um, I don't have one that I can think of. Okay. Uh, best way to increase your vert? As someone with a six-inch vertical, let me tell you all about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh 
I mean, <laughs> I think uh, mixture between flexibility because the more range you can get, the more space you have to create speed, and then you need the power to create that speed, and also fast twitch. You need it to move moving fast. So a combination of flexibility, power, and speed yeah quickness and that's what uh nathan the trainer i've been working with he has this really cool thing where he'll put a i don't even know what it is it's like a clamp on the bar Mm -hmm. and it uh connects to his phone through bluetooth and it lets you know how many meters per second you're lifting it you're getting and during the off season i I was able to go there a couple times and he like wouldn't let me go above a weight that i couldn't move right i think it's like 1.5 meters per second on a trap bar Mm -hmm. and like 0.65 0.65 meters per second on front squat. Like anything you're doing, you're just training your body to move heavy and slow. Right. But anything you're doing below that, you're training it to move light and fast. Right. And that's kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. And so you can still lift heavy as long as you're able to lift it quickly. Yes. I think that's a, a good way to put it. Yeah. And also different speeds. Um, there's a huge difference between a hold an eccentric, which is like slow down, where you're mm-hmm. controlling the weight while it's pulling you down, uh, is slow up, or, and then you can do like a combination of like slow down, fast up, fast up, slow down. Because think about a high set. You're getting into your, they set the ball high, you're a blocker, you're getting into your deep squat slower. You're not like going to the bottom and just waiting. Yeah. Uh, or it's a quick set and you have to load quick and go up quick. Or any combination of that. So doing training yourself to to um, squat at different um, speeds, I guess, um, is really good. And it also holds eccentric stuff. I'm learning um, actually is really good for your tendons and strengthens your tendons and whatnot, which I did a lot of today because my jumper's knee was hurting me. Um, so that stuff's really good just to strengthen your actual knee, like. The structure of your, not your knees, knees, shoulders, ankles. Yeah, my off season's like almost exclusively eccentric and isometric lifting. Yeah, because you're trying to just strengthen the like, your muscles are fine. Your muscles always recover. Mm -hmm. It's the other stuff that uh, that you gotta work on. Yeah. Sweet. Um, Okay, I have a final question. Final question. I love it. Hey. Um, what is your biggest obstacle in life right now or in volleyball or in life? And what are you doing to overcome it? What a good question. That's a thinker. I feel like we talk about this every night. (laughs) (laughs) Share it with the world, Chai. The biggest obstacle in life or volleyball? Either. Which one overpowers the other? I mean, in life, the the toughest one is just like not seeing your wife yeah mm-hmm. for stretches on end and like that was one thing that I like last year I think was so valuable for me just to like go out and just charge it for a full year and figure mm-hmm. out all the stuff that goes wrong yeah and you had to experience it yeah and it was I mean not seeing Delaney for like five six weeks at a time getting like a couple days and then going back for two or three weeks yeah like, it's like emotionally draining yep and so that was that was probably the toughest part last year. And then now we're doing a much better job managing that. Like mm-hmm. skipping Brazil was like, wasn't even a question. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, aside from just like playing too many tournaments, it's like, I actually just want to like hang out with Dave. Be with my right. wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the other part of that question someone asked is what does your family do while you're traveling when they're staying home? Yeah. And either they stay super busy and they're like, okay, great. This is my time to be super productive because I have no distractions. Or mm-hmm. they're struggling and, and sad. And Delaney, like, right now, it's okay if I'm gone because she's coaching She's working Pepperdine. so yeah. much. I mean, she, she's gone from 7 to 7 most yeah. days. Um, but last year, it was just, like, an issue because I was getting into all these tournaments that she just didn't have points to get into. And so she was getting frustrated because she was, like, going all in as a player, and then she was, like, stuck and couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And then so she was just, like, at home training for tournaments that she couldn't play in. Which won't be a problem now because there's so many AVPs. Um, but so she was just like frustrated at home. But now she's coaching Pep and she's super busy. And then she'll be able to play anything she wants at this point. Yeah. I used to kind of love it 
because I was like, I can be super productive. Now I'm less productive because I have nine and I have less health. So (laughs) it's kind of changed. It changes when you have kids. I think probably the families who have kids, it's really hard on both sides. And then obviously it's still hard when you don't have kids, but a little less so because you're like, oh, it just makes the heart grow fonder. We're going to have, apart, like, a, you know? like, a Wives of the AVP tour. Yeah. yeah. No, we'll, we'll have that one for sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's ex- exactly what it is. It's just about the balance. Yeah. Like, you have to keep yourself sane. Like, that's a huge part of your job because um, you can't take care of your family unless you take care of yourself. Um, but there's, you have to sacrifice, like, a lot of the stuff you did when you were single versus being in a relationship versus being married versus being married with a kid having a dog or whatever you know (laughs) um there's like sacrifice and all that so it's just about figuring out the balance which is super hard yeah um and then like okay am I going to be the person that's like fully committed to their work and be the best they can possibly be like I want to but then what at what cost is it and is your family on board with it? Um, and then what's the priority? Family. So then, like, are your actions actually putting that first? And then if you're not putting that first and you put family first, but then you're not making money, well, now are you helping the family right. or are you exactly. not helping? Is, <laughs> what? Is this your biggest <laughs> obstacle right now? Yes. <laughs> and then it's like, Finding I just want to go. Can I just go surf? I just want to yeah, go surf. But I can't because then I'm going to be injuring myself maybe and risking it all to like yeah. hurt myself and, and not recover. And spending the last time with my family. It's a tough one. And then spend next time out. with your family. Exactly. Yeah. Travis, is, Travis is texting me all the time. Travis is ready to surf. He's ready to surf. No kid. <laughs> yeah. You just got to um, get Niled enough so she can come with you. Yeah. You got to communicate as bad as I am at it. Luckily, Gabby forces me to. Because <laughs> if you don't, it's just like, you're going to get so on different pages, even though like you both have good intentions. Dig yeah. yourself real like, deep into yeah. that. Like you said, I mean, you look at all the greats of every sport. Look at Michael Jordan, Kobe, Tiger. Like, they were all like psychos. They did not have a family life. They did not have like a great family (laughs) life. They all had like huge issues there. They didn't have uh, hobbies. Yeah. And I think, you know, I I think what they're able to accomplish in their sports is amazing. And it's inspirational to know like what the the human can do if you really like focus on it and dedicate to it. But I just think like, the most important thing in the world is family, right. like what you're taking care of, and like you know, if I'm going to lose another a couple matches because of, like I have a healthy marriage, that's right. a, that's sacrifice I'm okay making. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. And it's hard to see that when you're in it. Yeah. So you just got to keep looking from the outside. I like looking uh, from like when you're old. Yes. You know, it's a great when you're that 80. Is so good. Look back and be like, yeah, I'm probably going to be like, eh, I wish I just like hung out with the family or you know like mm-hmm. one more win on my resume is alright whatever like Manhattan Pier that one's gonna be cool yeah, so, yeah I'm glad I worked hard <laughs> for that cool one, one. Yeah. the Olympic one yeah I'm glad I worked hard for that yeah. one um, or even I mean even if if you have no wins like just getting one AVP like that'll be cool and it'll be worth a lot of sacrifice when you look back but there's a lot of stuff where you're going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to give a shit about that. I'm going to be yeah. like, damn, I wish I like went on that family vacation mm-hmm. like, and we went backpacking or camping or something. Like, That would have been a lot. I would look back on that experience and be like, that was way more valuable than me. Yeah. yeah. Working out again and like doing whatever. You yeah. Know? And that's what uh, Tim Ferriss asked this great question. Like, What would you write to yourself? Like what would ten year the version of you who's ten years older? What would you say to yourself now? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a cool perspective to totally. look at it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like in Australia, you know, obviously we lose the last round of the qualifier sucked, but we had six more days. I was like, well, I don't know. The next time I'm going to be in Australia, I might as well like enjoy myself. That is totally. a good question. Yeah. I wish I could write to my twenty year old self. <laughs> 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 I, I would have I do so much, much to say. And that's a good sign. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, I think that means you're like, sign. if you like are constantly doing that self-examination and you're like, you know what? 
I'm pretty good with that, like, yeah. what I'm doing yeah, right now. And I sure. just, problem is I can't do that now. Yeah. Like, that was really fun. <laughs> party when you want to party, surf when you want to surf, <laughs> work hard because you have infinite energy. Yep. Gabby <laughs> didn't need uh, that much time, you know. You wanted your own time. It was like, damn, that's the simple life. I know. Now it's like uh, worrying about other people around you, yeah. which yeah. is like valuable, but it's hard to see in the moment, especially mm-hmm. when you're coming out of your 20s and you're like, I'm used to worrying about myself. Like, yeah. It's so much easier that way. It is. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Great question, well, Gab. She gets stuck with the baby every, all day, every day. And I'm like <laughs> drained. I'm like absolutely crushed when I come home. But I'm like, but if I stayed home all day with the baby for like the third day in a row, I'd be like, I'm contently like absolutely crushed. Yeah. If I was with the baby all day, I'd be like not contently <laughs> crushed. Oh, I'd be like, hearing, I've never heard him oh. say that before. I love hearing you say that. You're welcome. <laughs> This is good marriage therapy. Uh, this is yeah. really good for us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I love this. It's a different kind of crush. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. You're like... Definitely. You're emotionally just drained, yeah. I think, is what it is. Yeah. Whereas, like, when you just crush yourself and work hard, you're, like, content, but you can't physically do it anymore, which right. isn't a good combo when you come home. Because you're like... <laughs> I know. I you got to get really good at putting yourself in the other person's like, shoes. You got to do what you wanted all day. Yeah. I was like, but I'm, yeah. I was suffering. I know. <laughs> I know. It's hard when you're in it to to really imagine what that was like, but then you do, and you're like, okay, that's that's really hard yeah. too. Yeah. Both hard. That's life. Yeah, it's life. Love Thanks for it. hosting, Gab. Oh, yeah. Thanks Love for it. having me, you Welcome guys. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I, I hosted one back in Carnegie one time. I did a fan question. That was a really long time oh, ago. Yeah, Remember okay, okay. on the kitchen table? That was years <laughs> back ago. In the day. Now you're working on your hosting skills to add to the oh, acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different skill that, you know, I took you the hosting class. You can teach class. me things, babe. <laughs> I can oh. teach you <laughs> how to be on camera. Oh, and my gosh. Thank you. For sure. I got you. And, and if you guys want to see me and Travis star in a... In our um, latest acting role, mm-hmm. Gabby's uh, yes. short might be up on YouTube soon. Coming out soon. There we go. We're all and doing YouTube. And I had YouTube. Try <laughs> and Travis as extras. Yeah, we, we're really deep in the background, but... Uh, what were we watching? Were we watching The Masters? Yeah, you yeah, were, we're watching yeah. Tiger Woods. <laughs> we're, I, was we're watching watching. I was like, guys, guys. <laughs> we, had, we had The Masters we're on. We're shooting. No, we're, we're supposed to be carrying wood in the background, like... Probably, what, 40 yards back? <laughs> far. We were really far back there. And we had the, the masters on, like, the wood that we're carrying. And we're, like, talking about it. And we're like, at least we look like we're, like, distracted workers. Hey, it worked. It worked. I, mean, I appreciated your time. I'm Travis has always been there work. for me. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, lots to look forward to. Yeah. Good stuff. Sweet. Fun time. Good times. Cheers.